Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jones! <laughs> Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket in the middle of uh, England's one day series against India, the T20s and the ODIs, and in the middle of a heat wave as well. Uh, we are in England, of course. But we're not going to talk English cricket today, actually. We're going to talk American cricket, USA cricket. Because, well, for one reason, actually, the USA team have been playing today in the World T20 qualifiers. They beat the uh, Jersey team by eight wickets. And I noticed uh, Stephen Taylor, Stephen Ryan Taylor, born in Florida, uh, possibly West Indian parents, but uh, definitely brought up in the US, made 101 not out in that run chase against Jersey, played in uh, Zimbabwe. So a good win by the US in that T20, World T20 qualifier. And things are really afoot in USA cricket with the impending announcements of some franchise teams and the, the definite likelihood of Major League cricket taking place next year in the States. 2023 is the big launch. And we've got a man who knows all about this uh, today on the show, Tom Dunmore, who is Vice President of Marketing of USA Cricket. Tom, Tom I hope you've got your, uh, your title correct there, have I? Sounds about right, Simon. Thank you. Great, great to be on today. And uh, you'll notice from his voice there that there's certainly an English twang to it, even though he's been in the States for probably 20 years or so, uh, because brought up in the South South of England, uh, followed Sussex, you said, lived in Hove, watched uh, probably uh, that Sussex team of the 1980s and 90s, play uh, quite a bit before emigrating to, to the States. So your your roots are, are Sussex, are they, Tom? That's right. That's right. Alan Wells was, was my my uh, my hero when I, when I was a kid. And then uh, Ian Salisbury, first leg spinner I ever saw. 
play live uh, and personally I think uh, didn't make the most of his talent on a England level but you know probably a conversation for another time but yes grew up with cricket uh, watching it at, at Hove and then moved to the US 20 odd years ago and full circle um, find myself working in, in cricket in America now which is just a, a incredible opportunity and we're at a pivotal moment for the sport to, to take off here so it's going to be a fascinating few years coming up in America for, for cricket. So people listening to this will be going, oh, yeah, they've tried all that before. You know, USA cricket, it folded. I mean, of course, you've got a great legacy, haven't you? Because, I mean, a lot of people know, I think probably people who listen to this podcast are bored of hearing me say now that the oldest international fixture was USA against Canada in about 1860. Uh, But nevertheless, even as well as that, there is a a great legacy of of American cricket. And listeners will not know that Bart King who played for Philadelphia in the 1890s, actually invented swing bowling and came over to England and befuddled everyone with his late swing. And actually, uh, talking of him, Tom, you said that there may be a, a thought to involve his legacy in Major League Cricket in some way. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, there, there is an interesting history of cricket here. Bart King is, is one of the most fascinating you know, characters and was certainly a world-class player at the time. In fact, there's a, there's a cricket... A library uh, near Philadelphia that still maintains a wonderful archive of uh, sort of memorabilia and, and archives and, and history of the game in, in the area. And the director there just the other day was sending me some photos. And uh, there was a scorecard he sent uh, when uh, Bart King scuttled out of all teams Sussex uh, in 55 minutes. He took seven wickets for, for 13 runs. Uh, in a match against Sussex, uh, which you know tells you that the level of his play was was extremely extremely high, and, and cricket at the time in Philadelphia and in the in the northeastern US was was actually a very high level, and there were tours back and forth. Now now obviously that changed over time, but I think honouring that history and, and reminding people that the bat and ball game, you know, uh, in the US. Uh, that ultimately prevailed baseball was very closely related to cricket uh, is, is an important, you know, point point of history and uh, really, um, you know, really o- over the decades, something that's been lost. So we'd love to find an appropriate way to honour that with, with Bar King. So tell us you know, what's going on with the, this, the, the, this so-called launch. You know, who are the teams going to be? And there's been stories about Kolkata Knight Riders, linked up with the LA team, the possibility of, of that link up and the, uh, the the building of a stadium. There's definitely been stories about the stadium in Dallas, which was a former baseball stadium, the Air Hulk Stadium, which has been converted into a cricket stadium. So where, where are you at with the, with the whole thing? And, and also tell us about the state of US cricket now and minor league cricket, which is, which is going on as we speak. Yeah, I think it's important, and I'm glad you mentioned minor league cricket, because it's important to, to, to realise that what we're doing with major league cricket is not just launching a T20 franchise league. It's helping to develop the entire infrastructure of the game in terms of uh, sporting facilities, whether it's stadiums or uh, practice facilities, high performance centers and so forth around the country. It's player development programs, academies, um, supporting the USA national teams 
developments uh, and pathway programs like the minor league, which takes place each summer. Uh, we have uh, 200 matches taking place this summer, 26 teams, 20 cities across the country. So it's a very high volume and high quality level of, of cricket taking place, featuring you know a lot of international quality players taking part as well, some of whom now live here year round, like Liam Plunkett, Corey Anderson, uh, who are uh, residents here now and, and coach in their local academies as well as playing in minor league and, and will play in major league uh, along with a really talented crop of, of young players coming through born and bred in the US who are now getting first class coaching training and mentoring from, from guys like Liam and Corey and, and many others that we have and that's developing this, this whole ecosystem of cricket and that's really what we're here to do with major league cricket. Now the you know the top tier, uh, the league itself uh, is something that that will launch next year. The locations uh, we haven't officially announced, but uh, where we've announced stadium development programs, you can certainly fairly assume that's where we plan to put MLC teams. Uh, so Dallas will certainly be one where we're converting a baseball stadium into a cricket stadium, which I believe you know probably the first time that's been done. A really nice venue, about 8,000 capacity uh, in, in the, the Dallas uh, metropolitan area. Uh, Orange County, right by LA, uh, is another a stadium development that we're working on at a great facility called Great Park. I didn't intend that, uh, intend that pun, but uh, as you mentioned, you know, we've got some uh, investment from the Kolkata Knight Riders in, in the league. Uh, Seattle, another location where we're planning to, to build a stadium uh, near the uh, Microsoft Hub there, we have the CEO of, of Microsoft is an investor in the, the league as well. Uh, San Francisco Bay Area, where our founders are from, we have plans to build a stadium at the San Jose Fairgrounds, which is a fantastic location near downtown San Jose in the heart of the Silicon Valley region uh, and home to you know so many uh, you know, expat cricket fans, particularly from, from South Asia. And then the Northeast is very important for us. New York, New Jersey you know, has the largest uh, cricket fan base in, in the country, not just South Asian, but, but Caribbean as well. So we'll certainly have teams located in the Northeast, uh, DC, New York, New Jersey region. And uh, like we already mentioned, Philadelphia is an important hub as well. Uh, and then there's already a, a, you know, a good professional cricket stadium in Florida too. And we have great hubs in North Carolina, uh, which might be a surprise, but I think it's kind of an interesting example of where a cricket community has developed organically. Uh, it's a small town called Morrisville, North Carolina. And uh, several years ago, the mayor took a bit of a punt and built, uh, converted a park into a, a cricket venue. And uh, it's one of those classic, if you build it, they will come scenarios where that happened for cricket. And now, you know, every weekend there are several hundred fans that go out and watch the local minor league team play there. It's one of the most active cricket leagues in the whole country with several thousand active members playing every weekend uh, across the region. Uh, and just a great example of if you, if you build a really nice facility, it's a proper grass pitch. It's in a scenic location with trees in the background. It's got walking paths, just a great place to go, very accessible. The cricket can really succeed if you put these venues in the right places. And that's something we're very focused on. We're not just buying the cheapest land in, you know, ex-urban, you know, Oklahoma. Uh, we're, we're, we're deliberately uh, looking at investing in venues that are close to big hubs of, of cricket fans accessible 
uh, to large numbers of people uh, and uh, and not overbuilding either. You know, the, the five to 10,000 capacity stadiums that are relatively lightweight versus, you know, a lot of new stadium developments that take place nowadays. So they're, you know, they're flexible um, infrastructure that, uh, that, that we're very confident we can fill with cricket fans. You mentioned the number of uh, different regions that, that play cricket or are interested in cricket in the U.S., there's a fact I've heard recently being touted around, and you can tell us whether this is true or not, that there are more people in the US who play cricket than play baseball. Is that true? Well, I've never actually heard that exact fact, but um, regardless of whether it's true as a marketing person, I may just say Simon Hughes said that and start using that with you as the source. But uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me with certainly a large number, particularly of adult players, um, which is where it's interesting, probably because you know a lot, a lot of adults uh, don't play baseball in, in America. You know, it's not particularly huge recreational sport. They might often actually play softball. You know, a lot of the rec leagues for adults are, are softball. Um, so that wouldn't entirely shock me. Uh, it, there's definitely a large base of, of adult fans, adult players. Uh, but probably more importantly, there are growing youth leagues, and we're certainly way behind the other sports. There, there's no not going to try to sugarcoat that. We have a long way to go. But it's growing very fast, which is probably the most important thing, that the, the trajectory is there. Almost every week, frankly, someone emails me and says, hey, I'm building a cricket pitch or an indoor facility in Ohio, in Colorado, in Florida. How can we get involved with minor league cricket, with major league cricket? And these are just independent you know, investments being made by people that have been successful you know, in their profession. And that cricket's important to their community. Uh, and they're looking to invest in the sport and they're building facilities. So that, more importantly, is, is the, uh, you know, the roadway that we're on at the moment, that, the, that these, these uh, facilities are growing quickly and kids are playing more and more. And that's developing you know, young players from, a, from an early age, academies with hundreds of players playing multiple times a week. And, and that's developing some really good players quite, quite quickly. It's, uh, it's very exciting to see some of the players coming through and already playing in minor league and now graduating to the, to the US national team as well. So um, looking ahead to, to next year then, potential is to have what, six teams to start with to play an IPL type tournament and who are the players going to be when are you going to play it and how are you going to win over the US public most of whom you know we've ever met an American who says I don't understand cricket it's really boring um how are you going to win those people over yeah, uh, so we will have, like you said, it'll be a, a franchise style league. And like many of the, you know, many of these leagues, it will be a, a short tournament. Uh, in our case, we'll probably sh start even shorter than uh, some of the others because we'll only have a limited number of the venues that are, uh, you know, up to professional cricket standards ready by next next summer. We'll have Dallas or a couple other venues that we can add some temporary infrastructure to to get them up to up to caliber. But we're not going to have six venues right away, so that's going to take some time, and we want to do it the right way. We don't want to, you know, just try to throw things together. We'll go in baseball stadiums and play all our matches there either, um, as, as has been done before. We want it to be proper cricket on proper grass surfaces, you know, in an oval, in a proper setting. So that will take a bit of time. Um, the, the, the basic uh, foundation of each team will be 
domestic players uh, who, who are, will be a mix of younger players, like I mentioned, a number of good young players that are coming through, a lot of professional players that we've uh, brought over over the past three or four years. We're now living in the U.S., playing in the U.S., you know, like Liam Plunkett, Corey Anderson, Shehan Jayasaria, uh, a number of others of international experience. It's probably 35 players, maybe more than that now, actually 40 are some kind of first-class cricket experience uh, and now live in the U.S. and are playing year-round. So they'll be the heart of the domestic qualified players. And then like a lot of leagues, each team will have a you know set number of, of uh, international slots. So they'll be able to fill whether it's three or four and they'll bring in the world-class players at that point. Uh, you know, we'll have you're, a you're after. You're confident able to get those, are you? Very confident, yes. We feel very good about our ability to attract high-level uh, top-tier top players. I think we'll be competitive uh, financially uh, with, with other leagues outside the IPL uh, and it'll be very attractive to come and play in the US. Uh, for a number of reasons, um, you know, whether it's the, uh, you know, the, I don't want to call it a novelty factor, but the chance to be part of a new professional league in the US, I think it's a very exciting one, a uh, chance to be in the US in the summer and, and be part of this, this experiment, this uh, experience that will get the eyes of, of world cricket on it. I think that's going to be appealing as well. Uh, and, and from the players that I know we've talked to, there's a lot of interest. So, I, I, you know, as you know, we've got uh, KKR as an investor, as well, so we have folks involved in the league that have the right knowledge, connections, experience to bring over top tier players. And that's very important. You know, when you think about professional leagues in the US, what we are used to in America is the best players, right? The NBA has the best basketball players in the world, the NFL, et cetera. And it can be a challenge even for MLS in, in football, soccer, that they don't always have the very best players. And, and sometimes, you know, that, that uh, certainly on a national level, that can make it harder. Uh, we think it's very important that uh, a cricket fans in the US recognize this as a world-class league and a league worth paying attention to. If you're getting up at 4 a.m. to watch an IPL match or an England test match, we want you to recognize this level of cricket as, as consistent with that and something worth your time, money, attention um, to follow and become a fan of. And so it's very important that we're at that level so that we get the fans of cricket here First, that, to, to your last question, you know, that's our first target group, uh, the, the fans of cricket here, and you can count them a number of different ways, but there's, there's certainly millions of them um, based on the, the immigration patterns from cricket-loving countries, um, based on the numbers we see from, you know, viewership of IPL to visits to, you know, uh, websites that uh, cricket-based websites are able to track. So we know there are millions of fans of cricket. So convincing them that this is world-class cricket for them to follow, that's our number one objective. Number two is then starting to develop that next generation of fans. And no, I don't think we're instantly going to convert a 75-year-old diehard Dodgers fan who's, who doesn't, he doesn't know the difference between cricket and croquet. I think that's a, probably a stretch. Um, we'll try and make it rubs its legs together and makes a noise. It, yeah, exactly. The, you know, uh, you know, like you, Simon, I've met a lot of Americans uh, and sometimes it's easy to explain cricket and sometimes it's, it's a bigger lift. Um, but I do think there's a younger generation of sports fans now in America that are very open to international sports that, that follow international soccer that follow F1 uh, might even watch rugby or even Aussie rules. And they're interested in these sports. They, you know, they, they just have a curiosity about the world. 
that, you know, was maybe whether that curiosity was there or not two or three decades ago, it was almost impossible to, you know, to do anything about it because you couldn't follow it by TV or the newspapers. And then how are you going to follow it, right? Uh, now there's infinite possibilities to, to follow a sport uh, that, that has a global footprint and, and, and more coverage than you could ever want to consume. We have a 24-hour cricket channel in the US, Willow TV, you can subscribe to. There's a lot of cricket now on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, which millions of people have access to. So it, it, the accessibility is there and the curiosity is there. So, you know, my job now is to find out who are those most likely uh, non-fans of the game to convert to become cricket fans. You know, is it younger baseball fans who love a, a bat and ball game and no country loves a, a stick and ball game uh, more than America outside of cricket loving countries, right? So we have that going for us. Uh, and in fact, you can translate quite a bit of it a really good example is there's a, a very well-known uh, YouTube influencer in baseball called John Boy. He's got a few million followers uh, and he does great explainers about baseball. He's very funny, sort of a man of the people and does these fantastic explainer videos. And he uh, started posting about cricket last year and his fans actually really took to it. Uh, he's done explainers, you know, explaining cricket using baseball terms. Uh, we spent some time with him. We had Liam Plunkett out, out with him a few weeks ago, playing some mashup crazy version of cricket and baseball in his warehouse, which was a lot of fun to see Liam throwing 95 mile an hour uh, baseball. I, that, actually, I can imagine yeah, he's, he, he's a spot. Liam absolutely loved it. Yeah, he, we he done some baseball practice, actually. He was telling me, you know, before the World Cup, he actually went into a, you know, hitting cage and kind of worked on his hitting that, then brought he brought into cricket so yeah yeah he's a phenomenal athlete uh you know and you could see that instantly he just walked up and started bombing you know fastballs right right on target um but anyway you know when you look at someone like john boy who starts explaining cricket to americans using baseball terms and, and one thing jimmy uh, john boy his stage name i suppose jimmy said to me uh you know cricket is not that alien to baseball fans if you just strip out the terminology a great catch, you know, a great hit, even a run out, it, it's pretty um, well, usually... As well, isn't there's a word inning? Yeah, bat, you know, and you're trying to score runs, you're, you're trying to bat, you're trying to get people out. You know, the, the fundamentals are there, uh, but the ball is in play a lot more cricket. And, and it, you know, baseball has slowed down over the last couple of decades. The ball is in play less. It's more about... Have you watched an IPL game recently? <laughs> it takes about four and a half hours. No, but you're right. I've been to baseball and I was I was really struck, actually, by, by how slow it was. Yeah, you don't see a lot of action. You know, half the time, even if the ball's hit, it goes behind and, you know, and it's a foul ball. Cricket, the ball is in play all the time. And in fact, Jimmy's, John Boy's... Fun little game they invented. Uh, he called it the ball in play league. And that's his sort of take on cricket, that it's an interesting uh, variation of a bat, bat and ball game. And it's something baseball fans can take to, and it's different. Doesn't mean you're going to stop being a baseball fan. John Boy's not going to stop being a diehard Yankees fan. But at four o'clock in the morning, you know, when he wants to watch a stick and ball game, he can watch an IPL match live and, and get, get his fix that way. So, you know, I think there's plenty of room and we don't have to. This is such a big country. We don't have to convert all of middle America to become cricket fans to succeed. We just need a small slice uh, of this country, even of this country's existing cricket fans, frankly, to be able to succeed because we're not building 50,000 capacity venues in 30 cities. We're building five to 10,000 capacity venues in, in six cities where we already know there's half a million plus 
a million plus baseball uh, cricket fans in each each one already. So if we can get a good you know chunk of those fans, plus start to introduce some new audiences, uh, and you know we had our minor league finals last year in Morrisville, North Carolina, where I mentioned we had a few thousand people out. There were probably 25, 30% were new fans of the game. They'd never been to a cricket match before. They just heard there was a national championship match taking place, came out to the park, watched some cricket. We explained it, you know, we handed out flyers, you know, what's cricket? And they loved it. They sat there and, and they really soaked it in. So if we can get that, that chunk, 10, 20% uh, coming in and grow it, you know, that's how we build a platform for it. And then having major events like a World Cup here, just like the football in, in the in the 90s with the World Cup coming here in both the men's and, and the women's uh, 94 and 99, that introduced a whole generation of Americans to the sport and, and uh, cricket can benefit from, from that similarly. And again, we might not get to where soccer is, you know, because soccer had such a massive base of participation at the youth level, but we can be very, very successful uh, with, with a smaller share and the way the sports market is now so fragmented, that's something that's achievable now that probably wasn't a couple of decades ago. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the World Cup. So uh, for those who don't know, the T20 World Cup is being played in the Caribbean and the States in 2024. So the next T20 World Cup, which is the one your team is trying to qualify for now, is in Australia in uh, two or three months' time. But then the one after that is going to be shared between the Caribbean and the US 2024, which is exciting. So just just to finish, I, I suppose one of the interesting things about the US cricket is the diversity of um, you know, places to play and uh, and climate and and you know, sort of pitch types in a way. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, diverse in all ways in, in terms of the players, their heritage background. You know, you've got players from the Caribbean, from South Asia, South Africa. You know, they're all over US US cricket. We have a first generation, second generation, and now you know, increasingly American born and bred players coming through. And the conditions they're learning in are incredibly varied. You know, you think of a Seattle where it's you know wet and, and almost English-like in, in conditions versus a you know a swampy Florida or a dry hot uh, dry hot mountain area Arizona or, uh, deserts uh, you know all those areas are very different from each other so you are going to have conditions you know conducive to different styles of play 
uh, and players are learning from coaches from all different backgrounds, from different countries. There's not just one school of thought, one style of play coming through. You've got every every single test playing country has a lot of coaches now in the US that are imparting their own, you know, their own backgrounds. So you're going to see a U- the US have a very diverse set of players. It's definitely going to be a more short form focused uh, set, of, set of playing experience. I think we've probably got players playing more T20 cricket than anyone else in the world right now because you can play year round with the climate we have here. Because uh, you can play in Florida and California and Texas, you know, in, in January and, and February quite comfortably, as well as the rest of the year. And there are weekend competitions happening all the time. So they're getting tremendous experience in that. And I think that's, you know, going to start to, to shine through both of the players we already have, the young players coming through, and some of the players that will qualify to play for the US that have made America their home uh, and are now contributing to the game year round too. So you're going to have a very interesting mix of players. I'm not going to suggest, you know, in a year or two, we're going to be shocking the world, but uh, I do think we're going to be a much stronger team than probably people might assume quite quickly. And that that's going to help too, because we do know that American sports fans expect quality and success. So, you know, that's an important factor in what we're trying to do, that we're not just trying to to build these franchises. As important as that is, we're trying to, to grow the quality of the USA national team uh, and for Major League Cricket, that's important to grow the game. We're also the commercial partner of USA Cricket. It's part of our agreement with USA Cricket to invest in, in the sport as a whole and, and fund USA Cricket development. And in return, we have some commercial rights uh, attached to that. So there's a, a very clever uh, symbiosis that, that's in place uh, for, for the commercial partner, for the league to invest back in the governing body and development of the sport. So it's it's a it's a very uh, it's a very long term vision that that's been um, it's been put in place and uh, and has that goal to to have us competitive at, at World Cups in the future and, and potentially even host events like uh, cricket in the Olympics in LA in, in 28, which we'll we'll find out more about later this year. Yeah, well, there's um, your the, the Olympic Committee uh, sort of headquarters is near the ICC headquarters. I think you said in in Colorado, and there's there's a sort of symbiosis. There's a Good connection communication going on between the ICC and the Olympic Committee, the International Olympic Committee. So that may happen. I mean, of course, this carries on a great legacy, doesn't it? Because famous, the the, the famous Hollywood Cricket Club, which is I think sort of nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties. David Niven, I think he was involved with it, and mm-hmm. I, I, even before that, there, there's a ridiculous story about C. Aubrey Smith, who played one Test match for England as captain. They won the test in about 1884 and he took five weeks and he never played again for England, (laughs) a famous director in Hollywood instead and obviously got involved in the Hollywood Cricket Club. So, you know, it really is continuing or restarting a fantastic cricketing legacy. Are are you confident that, that it can happen this time? Yeah, I think we have every piece in place. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked in, in sport long enough to know you never quite know what's going to happen tomorrow, however good your plans are today. But when you think about the not just the amount of investment, but how strategic it is, that's what makes a lot of sense to me. You know, we've not just gone out and say, hey, we're going to build one mega stadium uh, and get a you know get a couple of IPL franchises here and, and play a few matches a year. We've invested holistically across the whole game, the grassroots of it, the semi-pro level, 
you know, the pathway to the professional game and getting in that layer of professional coaches, players, and building these stadiums, infrastructure, high performance centers. You know, we, there are several now multi-pitch facilities across the US in Atlanta, in Seattle, uh, in Houston, where you're able to have five, six quality grass pitches in one place and you can get an awful lot of cricket development done there uh, very quickly. So you've got these hubs developing around this whole country and this country has such a passion for sport and is so good at organizing it commercially that if we can strike into, again, just the sliver uh, of the uh, the sporting, uh, you know, the sporting fan base, including the one part that already loves cricket, which is millions of people, you know, we're already probably the number five um, cricket audience in the world in terms of number, sheer number of cricket fans, even if that's a small portion of, of the population of the US. This is such a vast country that uh, it's a massive number of people. And that's, you know, surely that's why the ICC has identified America as its number one expansion market, um, because they see the upside and the potential. So we have a lot of work to do. We need the cricket community to get behind it. We need grassroots work to go on every day in, in 20, 30 cities, which, which is what's happening. And we need to help either hub of that and be supportive of that around the around the country. And I'm sure we'll get some things wrong and some things right. But if, if we can show examples like Morrisville, North Carolina, Dallas, Texas, uh, we can make it work uh, in different places like that and then expand it to New York, New Jersey, LA, uh, and have world-class facilities there. And, you know, I definitely think uh, the, the sky's the limit and the trajectory is is the right one. And you can see an incredible rise where, where you know, we have World Cups and we haven't even talked about women's cricket, which I think is a massive opportunity here in particular with the strength of, of women's athletics in the in the U.S. And the success um, of women's football in the U.S. as well. Women. Yeah. 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 And just, you know, how strong collegiate and high school athletics are you have so many great athletes give them an opportunity to play cricket and i think you'd, you'd see an incredible amount of talent come through and we're already seeing the u.s women's national team take some great strides so i think that's a you know massive opportunity to 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 quickly get to a world-class level so you know we have all those pieces in place we have incredible investors who have far-sighted vision and the means and backing to do this um, you know, the CEOs of companies like Microsoft and Adobe, uh, you know, they're very careful about what they invest in. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a reason why they, they, they're, they're making this investment. Uh, passion for cricket, yes, but also a belief that we have a, a program and a plan in place that can take it to the next level. It, it's going to be an adventure and a, and a ride, but I think it's going to be fun to, fun to watch. Sounds really exciting. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Name a US-born cricketer currently involved in the county championship? Well, you'd be in Holland. Correct. Didn't take you more than two seconds to get the yeah. answer. Ian Holland. Like, like yeah. He's playing right now rather than playing at the T20 match, which is understandable, you know, county uh, contract, he's obviously. currently 20 not out for Hampshire against Worcestershire, oh, uh, batting in the top three for, for Hampshire. And uh, very interesting story, isn't he? Born in Wisconsin but actually made it into professional ranks by winning a, a talent search competition in Australia, uh, amazingly, and then found his way into to county cricket. So I'm going to interview him on this podcast at some point in the next couple of weeks, actually, because he's he's a really good story. But, I mean, obviously, that is your 
your uh, intent, your ambition is to generate more cricketers, both men and women, who can play at first-class level wherever. Yeah, and I think, you know, you'll see a number of those. It it is a volume. There's going to be just a volume, frankly. The amount of good cricket being played now and the facilities available uh, and the resources that are available, it is going to become a pipeline. I I definitely think that's that's true. There's just so much opportunity here with the coaches and the facilities being put in, in place. Uh, and how good the U.S. is at developing sport uh, infrastructure, that, that we'll see a lot more of that in the future. And I think we'll see a reverse pipeline uh, within the next decade of right now we're importing a lot of professional players to the U.S. I think that will that will reverse at some point uh, and that will be fascinating to see. Um, yeah, when we see more American accents out at county cricket uh, playing, that will be quite that'll be quite something to see. I look forward to that. The ball's out. They're going to watch that. <laughs> Yeah, look, anyway, I mean, good luck with it. And I I suppose there will be people listening to this thinking, God, we don't need any more cricket, uh, more (laughs) major league cricket or major T20 cricket. But the game has to grow and has to try and uh, find new markets all the time. Otherwise, it'll just get overtaken by other sports. So it's a good move. And it definitely is a market which is exciting to explore from so many different ways, not least, actually, the technology aspect, which, you know, will really draw a lot of people in in the U.S., because of the the emphasis on technology and so on in in American sports, I mean that's another that probably is another podcast to be honest. I, yeah, I'm going to say something there. Yeah, no, I was just going to say just just a you know I know there's a lot of people that do think there's too much T20 and it's funny though there are a lot of American some of the American hardcore cricket fans who didn't grow up with cricket. They are as interested, if not more, in the multi day version in four day in, in Test match cricket. As in one day or T20, they find it fascinating. And yes, it might be a slightly harder, you know, barrier of, of entry. But uh, I know many of them that, that you know think the same way that, that like that format of the game, that appreciate it. Uh, and it's not as if Americans, you know, Americans will watch a four-day, uh, you know, major golf tournament from 9 a.m. till 7 p.m. without blinking an eye. So you know, when I say a Test match. Is five days and lasts a similar amount of time. Uh, there'll be some eyebrows raised, but when I say it's just like a, you know, it's just like, like a US Open golf, like a Ryder Cup, yeah. like a Ryder Cup. They, uh, you know, oh yeah, no, I do watch that all day, every day for four days, or I dip in and out like you do with a test match, right? Um, so it is explainable. And I do think there's some interest. I'm not saying we're going to play test match cricket here tomorrow, but I actually do think um, there's something about it that's going to be interesting to, to the American audience as, as they learn the game too. So just a little optimistic note for the, um, you know, the county cricket fans. Well, thank you for your time. Anyway, I think you better get back to your to your day job now because there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of work to do. But as I say, good luck with it. And, uh, you know, keep an eye on this space because I'm sure we'll talk to you again in due course to see how things are progressing. And um, obviously when the time comes, give it the, the right kind of publicity uh, going ahead into the tournament itself. But in the meantime, thanks for your time. It's been really interesting talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Simon. Hope, hope to have you over at Major League Cricket uh, next summer. I can't wait. I'd love to see you. <laughs> Podcast Network.